everyone. Welcome to another episode of Combine and Them, and you, and me, and everybody. Today we will listen to the story of Rebecca Hines. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you very much, and you? I'm doing good, thanks. Thank you so much for being here. So are you ready to start? Yeah, whenever you're ready. Okay, to begin with, can I ask you about your childhood and what kind of kid were you? I had a pretty normal childhood, I'd say. I was born in Nebraska, but when I was six months old, we moved to Mesa, Arizona. Very hot, but I had a swimming pool and, you know, my dad was an angry alcoholic, but everybody's dad was back then, I think, <laughs> it seemed like. Uh, so pretty normal, happy for the most part. I mean, but I had fun at the pool every day in my backyard and brothers and sister. And yeah, it was a good childhood. No complaints. When I was a kid, I was very, uh, I danced and I was in gymnastics and uh, I, I thought I'd go to the Olympics someday. You know? We moved to Colorado when I was 13 and uh, I started uh, smoking pot and drinking and, you know, had the in with uh, the other 13 year olds because I was the new kid in town and I probably just started being a bad kid. I made some friends. That's where I met Eric and Dylan actually and they were very very different from high school. <laughs> they were uh, they wore soccer uniforms every day and they used to make fun of me in English class. They sat in front of me and they used to call me devil child <laughs> and I was the one wearing a trench coat to school and, and so they'd make fun of me back then. So <laughs> that's funny huh? I'd always, always kind of uh, try to be different than everybody else. Yeah, probably just wanted to be seen or something. I don't know. Be seen, be heard. It'd stand out, I guess. I don't know. Can you share about your experience at Columbine? I don't, just typical high school crap. I hung out with the people that smoked the cigarettes. And my friends all, you know, seemed to drop out. I was really into art classes. and I didn't have any friends in school. A few, a few uh, select. I'm going to be the goth girl or... Yeah, whatever I felt like being, you know, I dressed that way and, you know, I tried to be friendly to everyone, but I wasn't a cheerleader. So if you're not a cheerleader or football person, you know, or preppy or something, they didn't really talk to you, I guess, most people, if you didn't wear their clothes or something, <laughs> you know, you just grow apart or really <laughs> like it was very clicky. That's all high school was, was one big click. If you weren't friends with the head of that click, then you just weren't friends with them. You know, I didn't. If people made fun of me, they made fun of me, whatever. Every day someone would say something, but um, I'd come home and tell my mom and she'd be like, oh, that's just flirting. That means that they have a crush on you. But so that's the way I was raised. And so I didn't take it to heart. I mean, there was one boy in particular. Yeah, he was particularly mean to me, you know, every day. Uh, other than that, it was just rude comments, you know, and walk down the hall and get gutter rat, you know, and it's like, it never made any sense to me why they would call me that when it's all just nonsense. It's like the cute preppy boys all flirted with me, like under the desk, flirted with me, yeah, secretively, and then never talked to me in the hallway or anything. Wouldn't even acknowledge me in the hallway. There was just like some secret fetish or something that they, you know, they'd ask me what kind of underwear I was wearing today, you know, but I'm sure laugh at me with their friends when they got back in their crowd. But that was... That happened a lot, <laughs> like every day that would happen. But then they'd, you know, it was hard and very confusing, I guess, trying to grow up like that. You're coming into 
adulthood and this is the way boys are. It's like, this is so messed up. So um, I was gone a lot, just doing my own thing. And then I'd go to class. I had two classes with Eric and Dylan. I had a philosophy with Eric and then we had creative writing together. Other than that, we went out to lunch a couple of times together in my car. And uh, I went to Eric's house pretty recent, like right before it happened. And I didn't see anything weird, but they never talked about anything like that. Or, you know, I remember a senior philosophy class was really hard. And I, I loved the teacher. He was like, she was so cool. Mr. Kreitzer, he was so awesome. I was his student aide the year before. And then he had one of my paintings hung up in his class. And yeah, so like uh, we were like pretty good buddies, you know. Can you share about creative writing classes you had together? Creative writing. Yeah, we had good times in there. We had some good times. Yeah, we sat in groups, you know, and uh, Brooks was in a group too, you know, Brooks. And yeah, he was cool. They were funny. I mean, they always participated. Eric and Dylan did, you know, they're quiet as usual, you know, especially Dylan. So quiet. But yeah, they did come up with that story about the zombies sitting over the school and killing everybody. And, you know, they, they wrote that story. So that was interesting. I'm surprised, like. FBI, you know, grabbed me about that or something, wanting to know what that story was about, because it was all about killing teachers and killing students, and but it was zombies attacking the school. But that was all Eric basically came up with that story. The main bad guy was El Guaco. Those is that's what they named him. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was a pretty good story. And yourself, why did you like creative writing? I just, I like to write. I, I, writing's fun, I think. Whatever fantasy world you, you want to create, you know, like lose yourself in it, you know, it's fun. Yes. Do you, do you still write sometimes? Uh, I try. I want to leave secret notes of hope to kids all over the world. Like secret, like, you know, secret messages in a, in something like in a book or uh, something that you, you wouldn't find easily. But I think that would be such a cool idea. Just leave little positive notes for kids like advice that you would give yourself now as an adult to yourself as a kid i just remember when i was a little kid i loved getting a letter or getting a note or finding things you know it was like the coolest thing ever to like get a note from someone when you're a kid or a piece of mail it felt like if you were to find like a message in a bottle like how cool would that be if you're a kid that's so exciting to have like a note in there that you felt was written just for you by some stranger. That would just be the coolest feeling for a kid and guaranteed and that kid is never going to forget what that message said. Can you share one message you would want to convey to your younger self? I would tell myself that I could do anything that I, that I put my mind to and I don't need someone else. I don't need a man in my life. I can do things by myself. You got to stop being so dependent on other people. I've always been dependent upon someone else to make me happy and that's so wrong you know like i don't need someone to make me happy i need to make myself happy you know i need myself to make my life better and i know i can do that yeah so that's what i would tell myself <laughs> can i ask you what you remember about april 20 oh that day uh i remember i was in a body sculpting class or i don't know some kind of gym thing where i had to wear my uniform and i was super lazy and I had uh, five minutes to, to change, you know, so I just wore my boots and uh, put my uniform over my clothes and <laughs> I went to class and uh, I was doing nothing and somebody opened the door real fast, yelled inside, everybody come with me. 
there's been like shots fired in the school like so everybody's getting up all slow like what is this guy talking about you know when, when he's escorting us to the actual gymnasium and uh as we're walking along we heard three gunshots like loud like close loud that like i thought it sounded like somebody was shooting up into the ceiling. And so then, of course, everybody starts running and screaming, like, really, wow, this guy's not full of shit. There really is shots being fired in this school. So um, I don't know what happened after, but all of a sudden I was locked in the equipment closet with, like, half of the class. It was just a girls' class, only freshman to senior. And I think it, it must have been the principal there, and there was another gym teacher. Um, everyone was, like, screaming and being loud and... I remember yelling at a girl. She was being so loud, and she wouldn't stop crying. And just, I remember yelling at her, and I feel real bad. But I was like, "I'm like, you gotta shut up! Like, if it's a terrorist or something, I don't want them to know we're in here. You know, like, I was just, you know, like, calm down." Well, I was like creeping closer to the staff, trying to hear what they're whispering to each other, and all I could hear was, "They think it's two guys in trench coats." And I was like, oh my God, like my stomach just dropped and my heart just skipped a beat. And I knew immediately, I knew in my heart who it was. You know, I thought it was terrorists or something. I, I, but as soon as I said two guys in trench coats, I'm like, I just know there's nobody else around in this perfect little neighborhood, this perfect little town. You know, there's no one else that would wear trench coats, you know, like me, but it certainly isn't me. So yeah, I knew immediately who it was. They didn't want me to go to Chatfield because I didn't want to change my clothes. <laughs> so so I didn't uh, go to school for the last two weeks at Chatfield because they were worried about my safety. Like, wow, really? You don't, really? You're kicking me out of school because I don't want to change my clothes. Like, because I have on a black tank top and black and white checkered pants. Like, not at all inappropriate and not at all goth. So I got to stay home the last two weeks and my parents made me walk a graduation with my class, but it was very, very crowded. Yeah, it took forever. Uh, it was sad because like I, I knew Lauren, you know, she was nice to me, but I, we weren't friends. She would sometimes let me cheat off her in math class, but she didn't like it. And Lauren's parents came out to graduation, held her uniform and held it up, her graduating robe. So that was, that was a tearjerker, but. Um, she was a really nice person. She was a good person. She was going to be somebody someday. And it sucks. Could have been president or something by now. Who knows? She was, she was very smart and um, very nice. Yeah. Some FBI came over to interview me and then CNN um, interviewed me. And I just remember like, uh, like no one was home, you know, and I got two FBI agents at my door, like, coming in and talking to me and I, I thought that was very weird my mom isn't here like really is this okay like how do I know you're FBI you know like should I let you in I don't know but I did you know hoping that it was going to be all right and I guess it went okay I was like oh my god why are these people harassing me or what do they want from me you know I was scared I was nervous like getting hounded or something like please don't tell me you think that I had anything to do with this it's, well I don't know why I don't know why you know, I don't know why. I still don't. I still don't understand. Can you share how it feels to read their journals? It's disturbing. It's like you're you're too young to be so full of anger. Just 
like really i read it and i go what a fucking douchebag like you're such a douchebag that's that's like exactly what's going on in my head as i'm reading his journal what the hell did your parents do to you to make you so twisted like nobody should ever be that angry nobody should ever think that they're a nazi already like when you're that young have you even met a black person like how could you be so white supremacy or something like you don't even know what you're talking about and then oh god he talks about uh girls he wants to he just wants to have sex with he just wants him to come up to his room and he wants to do all these things to him and who are you like you're such a monster like nobody should like be full of such anger like such horrible opinions about people and that we should all die and if i knew that's what he was thinking i wouldn't have even considered hanging out with someone like that but he would not act that way so i didn't know he's twisted you're very disappointed yeah i'm very disappointed you know we had this huge philosophy paper and it was like most of our grade was based on this paper and it was supposed to be 14 pages and uh i remember eric coming in and saying he was done and i was like how'd you even start it i hadn't even started yet and he was just so uppity like he was so yeah it was easy so <laughs> i was very jealous that he had done his paper and like, i never ended up i never had to write mine because of the shooting but i always wanted to read his and see what it said I don't know if it's published or I, I have no idea. I really didn't follow anything after Coleman. I never even read the journal until like two days ago. <laughs> Did the shootings impact your views on the world, maybe? On humanity? Uh, I, I wouldn't say the shootings did, but bullying sure has. Uh, that's come a long way. I hope people consider that if they're raising their kids, you know, and, and teach them that it's wrong because it is wrong to bully someone who's different than you. I mean everybody's different from everybody that's what makes us all unique you know so i think that's had a at least that's had a good impact that somebody's finally recognizing that the bullying is going on and that it's wrong and that you shouldn't do it that's like the only positive thing that ever came out of columbine you know and it's it's really shitty that it took lives for that to even be recognized like that that shouldn't have happened You were bullied as well, and you never had violent thinking like that? No, I mean, I, I stood up and yelled at the kid who was making fun of me in the middle of class once. That's like the worst thing I've ever done. I just stood up and said, what is wrong with you? But other than that, no, I mean, it, what happens at school, you leave it at school and you go home and get on with your life. I don't know why people do what they do, but certainly... There's more to life than your petty opinion of me. Yeah, I'm, I don't care if you don't like me. Sorry. Now, can we move on with our lives? And you can't let other people's opinions of you get you down because all that matters is what you think of yourself. It shouldn't matter what other people see or recognize. It just matters what's in your heart. And as long as you have a good heart, you're going to be just fine. Obviously, if you're picking out people, it's because there's something you don't like about yourself. I mean, deep down inside, why you're picking on someone? The moment you grow up, it's like, why am I picking on this person? It has nothing to do with me, what they're wearing. You know, like, why do I care? Why should I pass judgment? And the minute that you realize that, then you stop. I know that anyone that makes fun of anyone else, it's because they have insecurities that they're not dealing with. So they just need help or they need to talk to somebody take a deeper look inside about what's wrong with them and until they figure it out they're probably going to keep bullying people it just takes some self-reflection and some people just have a hard time looking at themselves 
because they don't like what they see. But you got to face your demons at some point. You got to look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself what's up, you know? Tell yourself what you don't like about yourself and try to change it. You know, staff could have done a better job of trying to stop any of that bullying going on. I mean, like, I remember being bullied in class and my teachers didn't do shit. Just be like, knock it off, you know? Like, it's like every day. That's why I got so mad that day and stood up and just yelled. I don't even remember what he said, but like, it got to the point where it was just like, enough is enough. Like, do you want to just fight? If I can take so much joking around, you know, but you're pushing my buttons and, uh, I'm going to snap, you know? So I get it. You know, I mean, I, I get the, yeah, enough is enough. But, you know, it was like years of years of just making themselves more angry. You know what I mean? They were like building it up in their own heads about how much they hated the world. And it's like, you know what? If you hate the world that much, why don't you go become president and change it or something? Go be a senator or something. If you want the world to be what you want it to be, then grow up and, and uh, become someone that can make the laws but yeah don't take it out on kids they're clearly not the ones that are uh, doing this to you you're doing it to yourself prevention should have started at home your parents shouldn't allow that i mean they shouldn't teach you that picking on people is okay right so yeah prevention should have started it should have never even been like a problem you know what i mean if you were raised right there you wouldn't be bullying someone in the first place Do you think Eric and Dylan were feeling hopeless? I think they were just pissed off and uh, had enough. And they weren't going to take it anymore. And they wanted to be heard. And they wanted to be seen. And they wanted to matter. And, so, and that's the only way they thought that they would, I guess. It's like uh, being the black sheep of the family. I mean, all you want is to be noticed and seen and heard. And they'd had us enough of uh, everything, you know? Enough of parents, enough of teachers, enough of bullying, enough of, you know, just enough of everything. And I think they did what I felt like doing, just, you know, snapping. Like you just, you know, you get that angry and you just snap, you know, except they did it in a very, very wrong way. They just built up and built up and built up and they just stewed in it and created their own world of all this hatred and they turned it into something very much worse than it was and then just snap there's no other way to explain it i mean who does that you know like nobody i ever met in my life could do something so horrific that i would never ever think could be capable of doing such a horrible thing like you know it's just uh it's hard to to think that somebody i knew and grew up with was capable of such a horrible thing Eric was always talking crap. Just everybody sucks. This sucks. You know, everything sucks. And I mean, nothing that you would find out of the ordinary out of a 17 year old, just normal everyday crap that you hate the world and everybody does when they're 17. But yeah, I think Eric was mentally unstable. Probably should have been on some medication. Anyways, Dylan, I don't know why he was so uh, mousy, shy. You know, I, I don't know why he would let someone do that to him. I didn't know he was an angry person because he never showed it. So I think uh, Eric was very persuading or something, maybe. I don't know. Right before it happened, I remember Dylan wasn't in class one day and Eric told me that he had gone to a couple of different colleges with his parents. I was so proud of him. I was like, that's awesome. Like, good for him. He's gonna, 
you know, get away and make new friends and have a life outside of Eric, you know. And uh, I was very happy for him. I really hoped that he would do that someday. So that's sad that he didn't get to experience life outside of Eric. I mean, they were inseparable since eighth grade. So I think Dylan uh, probably had many, many, many different opinions than Eric, but never said anything because he just never talked. I don't know. I'm sure he had other opinions because he seemed very intelligent at times to me. And like he was actually a sweet kid, it, just like like he was a lost puppy, just always tagging along is what it looked like. But he was always fine to do whatever Eric was doing or, you know, they did everything together, but he never complained or anything, but he just never talked either. I'd look at him when Eric said something to see if he'd like change his facial expression or roll his eyes or anything like Come on, man, speak up. I never really got anything out of the guy. It's sad. I bet if they just would have waited two weeks till school was over, he could have went to college and he could have had a, an amazing life. I often wonder if they were more grown up than they had experienced life or went off to college or if they could turn around and say, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you thinking? Like, this isn't even, you haven't even grown up yet. You haven't even been outside of columnite you know like go out and see the world before you decide to destroy it experience the craziness uh growing up that thought occurs to me every once in a while like would they be doing today if they just would have taken the time to to not be stuck in the hatred like how could you think the world is so horrible when you haven't even experienced it yet all you know is your parents and your little house and your little town like you know go to another country or something and go explore I mean, how silly are you to think that this is all life has to offer and it's never going to get any better? Like, that's just sad. And uh, I wish somebody, like a, a counselor, teacher, anybody would have just told them, hey, like, <laughs> this isn't your life. This is a second. This is a second of your life. You know, like, this is nothing compared to what's out there or what you could be. I just wish somebody would have given them some hope or something hope that there are better people than what you think i just think that they were just stuck in a mindset of how horrible people were they hated people and it's like how could you get stuck on that you hate people how could you hate people how could you hate everyone when you don't know everyone somebody should have told them that or something like you can't hate everyone and you haven't even experienced anything good uh, of course you're stuck in your own misery because you don't do anything to change it if you want to be happy try to go out and find something that makes you happy instead of sitting here writing in the journal about how angry you are why don't you find something that makes you happy killing a bunch of people i don't think would make you happy how do you think we can help kids believe in their lives just the fact that all the possibilities are out there you can be anything you want and you can do anything you want and it doesn't take that much to get it i mean so you go to school for a couple of years and boom all of a sudden you're a surgeon or whatever you want to be the possibilities are endless so don't ever think that you're stuck in this tiny part of town even with the parents that you have you know you can grow up and never talk to your parents again if you don't want to it's, it's your prerogative you are you and you be you and be happy that you're you and the rest of the world can fuck off if you want it to but you know it doesn't end right here and this isn't all that life has to offer 
you can get anything you want out of life. And if you want to make it miserable, that's fine. But it doesn't have to be miserable. It doesn't have to be because you can go anywhere. You can do anything. Like, what's holding you back? Nothing. There's nothing pulling you back. You can just pick up and go somewhere else. You can hitchhike across the country. You can make all your friends. If you're having a bad day, it's just a second. There's a million minutes in your life. So just wait one minute. Just wait one minute. That's all you have to do is wait one minute. And the next minute could be amazing. I thought very childlike minds for the adults, but I get like punished for it. Just the fact that I knew them. And that's not cool because just because I know somebody doesn't make me like them. I'm not like that. Just because I know someone doesn't mean I'm going to act like them or and you shouldn't treat me like that because I went to lunch with someone one day. So not cool. I'm sorry I hung out with the people that killed the people and I feel bad about it, but it, nobody knew. It's horrible, you know, but it's like you have to convince people that it's like they're looking at you weird and you're, you don't know what to say. Like, I feel like I have to defend myself, but I'm sure it could just all be in my head. But I feel like I have to, to defend them because... It's like they weren't horrible people. Like what I saw, what they portrayed and what they talked to me about, it was nothing like those journal entries. And I didn't even know they were KKK or whatever. I didn't even know any of that. Like they didn't go around spouting out hatred. It was nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing stood out as like the anger wise or hatred. It's not what they talked about. So none of the kind of crap he was writing about in that journal that was what they showed at school, as far as I knew. There was never that much hatred ever coming out of Eric's mouth. They were both just kind of nerdy, like probably playing Dungeons and Dragons on the weekends, you know, like dorks. They were dorks, you know, but they were they were nice to me and, you know, they make me laugh. And we weren't like by all by any means like close friends or anything or just acquaintances but any moment I spent with them was pleasant I mean no no hatred and we just had the same taste in music and we both kind of kind of dressed the same not really but close as it gets cool you know so they didn't think I was weird and I didn't think they were weird did you miss them I do miss them and uh, I wish they were alive today and uh, I wish none of that would have happened I wish uh, they would have opened up more to me uh, and let me know how demented and sick they were. Maybe I could have tried to help. I would have listened and maybe that's all they needed someone to listen. Maybe I could have, would have taken them and had coffee and let them meet some different characters, you know, some older people that had different views and they could have sat and had coffee and talked about their difference of opinions and Maybe they would have found new insight into what they thought that they knew. Anything would have helped, but I didn't know that they needed any. I didn't know that they were that messed up inside. That would be advice to give anyone if you feel like that inside. You got to talk to somebody, anybody, and everybody should always have a lending ear to give to a perfect stranger. It doesn't matter. Just sometimes stop your busy life and listen to somebody else because, you know, it could save their life and yours someday. You never know. Like, you never know how bad of a day someone is having, you know, or or how good of a day someone is having, but it, it doesn't 
hurt you to listen to someone who needs to talk. Everybody should lend an ear and, uh, yeah, try and help someone. I feel bad that I, I missed them. I still feel bad that they did it, and I feel bad that they're dead, and I feel bad that I couldn't help them, but I didn't know. If I knew, I would have tried like help to help them, or at least listen, or or get someone else to help them, but it's hard to fix what you don't know is broken. It still scares me to think that what if they would have saw me in the hallway? Would they have shot me, or would they have let me go? I have no idea, and I don't want to know the answer to that. I would like to think that they would have let me go, but they were that crazy and just shooting random, innocent little kids that never picked on them. So I, part of me says they would have blown your fucking head off, and then part of me says, no way. Like I think he had a little bit of a crush on you. He probably would have let you go. I don't like thinking about it. I don't want to have negative thoughts about them. I don't want to have negative thoughts. Nobody does, but I don't want to think of them as horrible people. I think of them as sick people and people that needed help. They weren't bad people. They needed something. They needed help. They needed guidance or medication. I don't know, but I don't think they were born evil. I don't think that they were bad people. They did something very bad. Their views were very off the charts wrong and they needed help. You believe there was hope for them? There's hope for everyone. And there was hope for them. But they didn't even give it a chance. You know, two weeks is all. They could have been on their way out of this state, out of this country. They could have met a whole another group of people and they could have changed their opinions completely. Anything could happen in, <laughs> in a moment. So, yeah, there's always hope for a new day, a new, a new view on life, a, new view on yourself and and you can always change your opinion always they just needed to grow up you know can i ask you rebecca do you still think a lot about columbine i never think about it i mean it's been 24 years so you know <laughs> who wants to live in high school i don't know anybody that like truly loved high school high school is tough and i would never ever ever want to go back never oh my god i hated high school Hated it. God, it was the worst for years of my life. People are so clicky. There's just clicks. Yeah, they're all just assholes. And it's just awkward. You're going through puberty and it's just weird. It was just lame. You didn't know who to hang out with. You didn't know how to dress. And it was like, you tried to be you, but someone always had a problem with whatever you were doing. There's no one to talk to. And it's just awkward. It's just the most awkward time of your life. Yeah, it was horrible. For a million dollars, I wouldn't go through that again, ever. You know, high school is just an awkward moment in your life. Life gets way better after high school. Your brain grows up and, you know, you expand and you mature and you and you grow up and have the real fun. Life will get good again. Just have hope and faith. And if you don't like where you're at at this very moment, then change it. Do something about it. Make it a better place Whatever you got to do to make yourself feel better. You don't have to to hurt anybody to get there. There's got to be something that you enjoy doing. Whatever you got to do to make yourself happy, try and do it. But don't make other people miserable while you're doing it. It'll pass. It'll always pass. The sun will always shine again. Just know you're not alone because every day somebody feels hopelessness. And uh, 
you got to find a way to fight through it because tomorrow could all change. Tomorrow could be your best day in your life. Tomorrow could be amazing because this is not the last day of your life and it doesn't have to be. And it could be a whole new life tomorrow. You could do anything you wanted and whatever's making you miserable right now, you know, just stop. Don't give up yet because it's all around you. Happiness. Life isn't over. It hasn't even begun. You got a whole world to experience and a lot of people want to listen to you and want to see you and make your, make your voice count. Be kind to one another. Treat others the way you want to be treated and life will be grand. And if you hate life right now, just just go to bed and wake up because tomorrow is a new day. And if you don't like your surroundings, then change it. Like there's nothing stopping you. If you want to pack up and move, then do it. I mean, you can make your life the way you want it. And, and that's all there is to it. Like you don't have to be miserable. You don't have to be. Go find what makes you happy. It's, it's out there. It is. It's out there. I'm sure of it. You know, everybody has something that there's nobody's stopping. You're free. Don't give up. Life is short and uh, don't give up on any of your dreams and hopes and know that your decisions affect you, affect other people. So try to make wise decisions and, and treat people with respect and care about one another. That's, that's all, I guess. Thank you so much for listening to Columbine, them, and you, and me, and everybody. Take care, and you'll be hearing from us again very soon.